Obviously, when I read those things, it doesn't feel great. But just remember, New York, I still love you. I'm still fighting for you. I hope you guys still love me. I love being here, and I don't regret the decision to come back and play another year. What's going on, guys? This is Justin Pugh. Welcome back to my show, Net Worth. If you're just joining us after a few weeks, We've had some really good ones, so go back and look at those episodes. We are on our way to the 2,000 subscriber goal. We are getting closer and closer every week, so please help us subscribe. Help us continue to gain new followers. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And another thing we're going to do this week is drop a name below that you would like to see me have on the show. Someone that's doing things well on the field, off the field, in business. I really want to be able to help you guys out and shed a light on some things that you know, you're looking to see. So drop those names below and we'll try to get them on the show. And let's jump right into it to the what's happening. So the biggest thing that is happening in the NFL right now, and it kind of started on social media, it didn't kind of, it did start on social media, is Richard Mendenhall's tweet. Let me read this tweet real quick. It's been very controversial and guys have been talking about it. Here's the tweet. I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the pro ball with an all black versus all white ball so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your goat. So this has sparked quite the debate online. You have everybody jumping in, giving their breakdowns, and it's it's something that isn't new in football. In locker rooms, especially when we're on offense, we notice that there's not many white guys on defense. And you'll hear things about linebackers or safeties. If they're in the game, we're going to make a check and go at those guys. It's been around since the the, the age of football. It's something that has had those, those conversations in the locker room. Obviously, I think the first thing that a lot of people are missing is Rashard Mendenhall obviously put this tweet out for a reason. Um, I know he's he's going through it. I think a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I, just from the comments you can read right away, have gotten on him for fumbling in a football game. I think it was a Super Bowl. Obviously, it's a big game. And I'll touch on this later in the episode, but I think we have to realize where he's coming from in the context of which he posted this. I don't think there was like a, a, a race thing being played here. I think it definitely on the back end, he, he's going through a lot with, with fans commenting about his play in one Super Bowl. I don't think he was um, trying to be malicious in intent, but I think when you look at how it all started, it all starts with that that fumble play. And I, I don't think the fan base is ever going to let him forget it, and, and it's affected him emotionally as well, which you know hurts to see as a, as a former player, a guy still dealing with those issues. But back to the fun part of it, the, the actually breaking down the game and who would win, I think – you saw guys like uh, Will Compton put his his picks out there. J.J. Wet Watt talked about the defensive backs. Um, so I think we really can can I'll give my opinion on this. You know, obviously everyone laid out offensive line and tight ends and running backs. The biggest issue that the all white team is going to have is there is no depth. There is no depth. You have you have some quarterbacks, you have some O-linemen and tight ends, but at receiver you have two guys. You just have Christian McCaffrey. You have a few fullbacks. And then on defense, if anyone goes down, who are you bringing in? That is my biggest question. I mean, I've seen everyone posting about it. I think that the game isn't close. I think the all-black team will, will blow out the all-white team. 
if you look at the Miami Dolphins right now and look what Tariq Hill is doing against the best players in the NFL, white or black, he is running right by them all. If we have no defensive backs that are white, who is going to cover Tariq Hill? Then it opens up the underneath. Then you have the offensive line. You have guys like Andrew Thomas, Trent Williams. Um, I think the all-white team is in need of some help. I don't think that there's there's many things. Will Compton and, and I saw uh, some other folks in that there might be a shot. There's a lot of great edge rushers. Those edge rushers don't want to play the run. Who's going to play on the inside? There's, there's a few D tackles out there, but again, there is depth issues. If it's one game, you know, maybe there's a chance you run the ball, you hold on to it as long as you can, but there's just so many dynamic playmakers on the all-black team that I just don't see any way that the all-white team has a shot in it. That's just my take. What do you guys think about it? Everyone's commenting on it. I'm glad there's been some positive humor back and forth. We are allowed to talk about race in this world, um, just keeping it lighthearted uh, and, and not taking it over the edge. We can't do that. Next up, we have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers talking about his injury today on the Pat McAfee show. Awesome listen. My guy AQ Shipley always always killing it on the show every Wednesdays and trench talks. You obviously, you don't need me to tell you to tune in. You know, you know the show and how great it is. He announced today that he hasn't been 100% medically cleared, so he probably won't play this year. Duh. That has to be the smartest thing that the Jets, the decisions that the Jets and Aaron Rodgers have made. There is no reason to bring him back and put him on the field this year. Playing the Jets, they have a very, very good team. And great quarterbacks obviously help make the offensive line look even better. Everyone wants to talk about the ragtag Jets offensive line. They got some really good players on the offensive line. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, when he gets the ball out as quickly as he does, it benefits the offensive line immensely. I think the Jets have a lot of pieces. They have a great defense. Robert Sala is a great coach. I think the Jets will be good next year with Aaron Rodgers. He says he views this as a reload, not a rebuild. He thinks he has one to two more years. He wants to play until he's 40 to 41. Obviously, with, with what Tom Brady's setting that bar and be able to play late into the to your 30s and to your early 40s, look at Jason Peters, 40, 40 over, over 40 years old. You have a lot of guys in the NFL that can play late into those those in, into their careers. So hats off to Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's one of the best to ever do it. Excited to see him come back from an injury like that and overcome the obstacles. So look out for that. There was a couple articles today that came out talking about athletes going broke, desperate for income, things that are super sad to see. And one of the reasons I came up with this podcast to begin with, try to help provide some light on those and how we can help athletes like myself make better financial decisions and hopefully learn the business of sports better and how to prepare for it. So this one came out with Sports Illustrated. Um I don't know if Sports Illustrated is the best place to be getting your news at the moment. They said somewhere around 60% of players go broke within five years of, of retirement. But I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the percentages, whether that's right or wrong. We know it's a high percentage. It's way too high for the amount of money that these guys are making. And like I've said before, it's always a cash flow problem. When, you're, when your cash is at zero and you're living in lifestyle is, is, this, is a much higher, that's the imbalance that makes guys go broke. And a lot of times guys are doing it for the right reasons. They're giving back to their families, their communities. They're trying to help those and lift those up from poverty from where a lot of these guys come from. So when people hear guys go broke, they think it's just stupid spending on cars, clothes, homes, all these material things. It's not always the case. And a lot of times it isn't the case. They help family invest in businesses and the list goes on and on. But obviously the one today, Trevor Ariza came out, He who earned $116 million throughout his 18-year career. He won a championship. He's going through a divorce right now. Um, obviously a very tough time. 
and he had to put his assets out. So that's why it's, it's, it's news and everyone's running with it. And he had about $438,000 in cash, $1.9 million in stocks and bonds, $6 million in real and personal property, which includes his cars and his NBA uh, 401k. He's quoted saying, I'm in the process of reducing my monthly expenses as I am now unemployed and cannot maintain my former lifestyle. There was also a former Giants player who just was arrested. He was having some issues in, in L.A. and having some armed robberies of, of gas stations. And he had signed some, some good contracts, a $17 million contract. So when I see things like that, clearly the infrastructure wasn't in place to help these guys. The, the NFL and the NBA do, do some things. But guys still fall through the cracks. If we're having a large percent, upwards of 60% of our guys going broke, something has to change. And Trevor Ariza, he, he worded it perfectly. He's, he's not working anymore. He's making $0, and he's working on reducing his monthly bill. So the one thing that, you know, obviously, hopefully, you know, things, things even out and get better for these guys, you know, having, having the connections, like playing for the L.A. Lakers, like Trevor Ariza does, hopefully he can get back into that market and, and start – reaching out to, to former teammates to help him. You know, he's not, he's, he's, he still has millions of dollars. He's going to be fine. But it's just how quickly things can go from being on top of the world to being on the bottom. And that's part of the reason why we started this podcast. And, and hopefully I'll be able to have guys on to give us good advice because everything that we should be thinking about is solving for that monthly spend. If, if all athletes realize how much they spend per month and never spend more than they, they should only spend what they're making with their passive income, whether that's through stocks and bonds, whether that's through real estate, whatever, however you're going to see it, a local business. I know guys have done gyms. Guys should work on putting all of their NFL money away or their NBA money after getting the basic necessities, car, house, taking care of the family. But after that, putting that money away and having it work for you and then living off that money and learning the value of the dollar that way. It's almost like reverse engineering the whole system. And hopefully with the creation of NIL and, and college athletes getting paid more money early on, it's even more of a need that we get this equation right. So if anyone's out there that has some ideas, I know there's a lot of athletes and asset managers that are doing podcasts just like this that are helping, but it's it's the main reason why I want to do what I want to do. So hopefully those guys land on their feet and, and get things squared away. And, and I guess the one thing I could also talk about too is guys can talk about their personal experiences and and maybe start their own podcast or start their own channels. And that's something that has been great for me even getting on here. It's almost therapy get it for me to get on here and talk to you guys. So think about that. Next up, we have the puny badger of the week. <gasps> now, this one is more of the of the month and into the foreseeable future. I am a Syracuse Orangeman. Obviously, I said straight off the couch in my last interview, but I rep Syracuse University. And Syracuse is up right now. We just hired Fran Brown, Georgia defensive backs coach. He's a Camden, New Jersey native. And for the first time in a long time, there is a national buzz around Syracuse football. There wasn't this kind of buzz when I was there. It's, you have to go back to Donovan McNabb in the 90s and when Syracuse was perennially one of the top-ranked teams to, to remember this kind of buzz. We just landed maybe the highest recruit in Kyle McCord, Ohio State transfer of you know the last twenty years at Syracuse. You have you have four or five star, all the top talent in the Northeast, and that's where I think Syracuse has to thrive. Continue to crush it in the Northeast. Get all the kids from New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. It's hard to go down and recruit in Texas, Arizona, California, Florida. 
and tell guys and sell them all in Syracuse University. You got to get guys in the Northeast and dominate the Northeast. And Fran Brown put together an amazing staff. Hats off to you, Fran. We're looking forward to the season. But before we do, we have Syracuse playing in the Boca Raton Bowl. That is this week. So looking forward to seeing those guys and getting the team back together. They still went 6-6 six and six with all these reinforcements and transfers. There is a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement for Syracuse football. Lastly, a little less exciting, we're going to talk about the Saints. Obviously, we lost the game. There's no sugarcoating it. We went down there and we got our asses kicked. I've lost games before, but on top of that, I played a really bad game. I came here to the New York Giants to be a positive impact, to help the team. And obviously, I failed in that regard on the field on Sunday. I've played good football before that. I've helped the team any way I could, but I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. But like I've said on this podcast time and time again, this is my time to prove why I came back. To show guys when you get beat down, when you have a bad game, when you let up a few sacks in a game on national TV, you can show up and, and, and get back to work on Monday, Tuesday. So I watched it. I was, I was down in the dumps on Monday. I was down in the dumps on Sunday. I felt like I let the guys down. And if I, ever there was a point where I couldn't play to a level of expectation, the coaches wouldn't have me in the game. And we're still at that point right now. Um, but obviously it's, it's tough. It's tough to go through that. You see comments, you see, you see people saying things to you and it doesn't feel good, but guys have bad games in the NFL and it's not if it's when, if you play enough games, you will have a bad one and how you respond on and off the field is what matters the most. And that's what defines you as a man. That's what defines you as a player that defines you as a human being. I've had worse games. I've lost bigger games in the playoffs, but it hasn't slowed me down. I keep pushing through. I keep playing hard. I keep showing up to work. I keep showing up for my teammates. And that's the thing that means the most to me. So as a fan base, I'm going to keep showing up. Obviously, when I read those things, it doesn't feel great. But just remember, New York, I still love you. I'm still fighting for you. I hope you guys still love me. I love being here. And I don't regret the decision to come back and play another year. Um, and we got to finish this thing out strong. We got three games left. Three games to go out there. And a lot of guys are playing for their livelihoods. You know, you, we can we can ruin someone else's Christmas. We have the Eagles and the Rams, and both are in contention. So we can go out there and ruin their day. So as a professional, as a man, um, I'm going to continue to do my job. I, I showed up today to start right back getting ready for the Philadelphia Eagles. And obviously that's who we have next on Christmas Day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, I I've grew up in the Philadelphia area, suburbs. My family is all down there. I had a run-in with with a reporter way back when, Jordan Renan, who we've since mended mend the fence with a comment that said, you know, I hate the city of Philadelphia, when clearly I was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles have beat our asses, you know, in the, my, my last five years here from 2013 to 17, they beat us and they've had great success. There's definitely jealousy there. You know, I got drafted in the same draft as Lane Johnson. He's a unbelievable right tackle. So nothing would make me happier than to, to go down to Philadelphia on Christmas and beat the Eagles and, and get that victory. They're going through a lot of turmoil right now too. I see fans coming after them and it's crazy. You can win a Super Bowl, you can win a league MVP and teams and, and, and fans will still come at you. That's the nature of the NFL. Just like I said in my previous post and, it's, it's how you show up and respond to that. And hopefully they don't have that response on Monday night. We can go down there and beat those guys. It's going to be a good game. I know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of my friends and family will be in the stands. Just remember Philadelphia. I still do love you. I, I still am from there. Philadelphia is what made me into the man I am today, but I'm in New York now. I'm with, I'm with the New York giants and we're going to go down there and, and, and get a win. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a great environment and uh, we got to, we got to come together as a team and, and find out who we want to be. And with that being said, it's Christmas week. 
I hope everyone's enjoying this time with their families. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy being around the loved ones and the ones that mean the most to you. I really appreciate you here from the Network Show to everyone that's tuned in and been a part of this. It's been great so far. We're going to keep this thing going. Happy holidays. Take care. I'm really him. Don't believe me. Come and see me. Got three wishes from my genie. Now I'm on your local TV. Y'all on Joga. Say she wanna come and see me when I'm in a local city. I'm like, pause though. Please step aside so they can see me. And I walk up in this light. Yeah, I'm really him. Talking my shit light. I'm really him. Oh God. Walk up in this light. Yeah, I'm really him.